بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولهم بعد. One of the goals of the Sharia is to achieve unity in our ranks, to make sure that our societies are as civil and as peaceful as possible. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated the bonds of ukhuwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these bonds of the strongest of bonds. And Allah Azza wa Jal has legislated many things in order to facilitate unity amongst the Ummah. And of the things that He has legislated, and of the aspects that He has encouraged in the Quran, and our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has encouraged in the Sunnah, is an aspect that frankly the majority of us do not avail ourselves to, to earn Allah's rewards. And that is the concept, the Arabic word is Islah that al And the English translation is mending the affairs that are broken between people. This is what Islah that al means. That, that which is connecting the people has been broken. And so a third party steps in, that's me and you. A third party steps in and mends the bonds. And these are certain ayat and a hadith, I'm going to mention them, about the benefits of bending the ties. But before I even get there, a very frank question to myself and all of you. Alhamdulillah, inshallah, all of us, we have prayed regularly, tahajjud, Quran, given charity. An honest question. How many of us have actually thought about bringing two people that are no longer talking back together to be friends? How many of us have actively engaged in this amazing act of charity that Allah commands in the Quran and the Prophet commands in the Hadith? In the Battle of Badr, when the very first uh, war booty was being distributed and people were taking, and these are human beings, even though they're Sahaba, certain aspects happened between them. Words were said and there was anger right after the Battle of Badr, subhanAllah. Allah. And this shows us you can have iman, you can have taqwa and still fight with your fight meaning verbally with your fellow Muslim. There was anger in the heart and Allah revealed Surah Al-Anfal. The first verse, the first verse Ittaqullaha wa aslihu bainikum. Fear Allah Azza wa Jal and mend these bonds that have broken up. Allah revealed on the plains of the battle of Badr. This ayah came down and they haven't even returned back to Medina. But their hearts have some, you know, what happens when some things are said, when money is taken, the hearts have some hurt, some pain. People have withdrawn from each other. And Allah revealed in the Quran, O you who believe, fear Allah and correct these men's between you. And our Prophet came out and he brought all the Sahaba back together again. And Allah says in Surah Nisa, لا خير في كثير من نجواهم إلا من أمر بصدقة أو معروف أو إصلاح بين الناس. This is an amazing ayah, amazing ayah. The majority of secret gatherings have no good in them. The majority of times you come together and you don't want other people to know. You whisper to your friend, "Hey, we got to meet up at five o'clock. Meet me." Majority of times there's a secret meeting. We know there's not good afoot. We know it's something evil. But Allah says three things if you do them in secret Allah will bless you three things if you hatch a plot literally hatching a plot you know what hatching a plot is you bring two three four people and you say hey we have a plan hey we have to do this Allah says the majority of that there is no good in it but three things there's going to be good in it right what are those three things is sadaqatin aw ma'rufin number three islahin bainan nas what does that mean brothers and sisters every one of us we know two people 
that used to be friends, two cousins, maybe even brother and brother, maybe even uncle and, and nephew, maybe, you know, even husband and wife, something has happened be- between them. We are their relative. We are their friends. We know them very well. Allah says, and I ask you bluntly, have any of us done this? Allah says, have a secret gathering. Call together the three, four other friends. Call together the other family members and hatch a plot. Hatch a plot, not in evil. Hatch a plot, not for the sake of sin. Hatch a plot for the sake of good. Come together and think, how can we bring these two back together again? What can we do so that inshallah we facilitate? And I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes as well. So Allah is telling us to have secret meetings and have plots in order to plot for the good. One of the best ways to plot for the good, two friends that are no longer talking, two people that used to be close, you bring them together, the extended family and friends. And it must be secret, right? This is not something you tell the people that you're bringing together, but the external family, the external friends, you know your circle of friends, all of us have them. Sometimes two people, they break up. That circle should secretly meet, secretly. You don't want to tell the other two. And then you hatch the plot and Allah says, وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ إِبْتِغَاءَ مَرْضَاتِ اللَّهِ فَسَوْفَ نُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Whoever does this secret planning for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, I will give him not just an ajr, a magnificent ajr, a massive ajr. One of the easiest ways to earn ajr is to have this secret plot. When's the last time we did something like this? Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said, do you want me to tell you something that is far better for you than your salah and your zakah and your fasting? They said, what, O Messenger of Allah, what is better than salah and zakah? What is better than these rituals? He said, islah that al-bayn, bringing two people that are fighting back together again. Why? Because your prayer and your charity, it only benefits you. Alhamdulillah, that's good. It's not bad. But when you bring other people together, it benefits society. You get peaceful societies when you bring people together again. So that is why our Prophet ﷺ said, bringing people together is more blessed. You will get more ajr than your salah and your zakah and these personal rituals. If you sacrifice some of these things, as long as it's not the fard, for the sake of that, you are doing a a great job. And of course, one of the most interesting episodes uh, in this regard, as we're aware, when the Prophet was in Medina, obviously nobody led the salah other than him. Obviously, who's going to lead the salah and he's in Medina? Only when he left the city for a battle would he assign somebody. And when he passed away, the week before he passed away, he assigned Abu Bakr. Otherwise, no one dared stand in the mihrab of the Prophet. Obviously, think about it, right? No one. Now, what happened? Sahih Bukhari tells us that the tribe around the Masjid of Quba, they fell into some dispute. We don't know the details. We don't need to know the details. And physical fights broke out. Blood was spilt. Not death, but blood. You know what happens? Two people or two groups of people fighting and weapons were drawn and stones were thrown. So there was actual blood coming from the, from the two camps. So the Prophet heard of this. He said to some of the people, come, let us go to Quba. This was after Salat al-Dhuhr. He said to them, come, let us go to Quba and solve their problem. Nuslih that al Let's bring these two, you know, uh, within the same tribe, two sub-tribes were having a fight. Let's bring Sulh between them. So he left Salat al-Dhuhr. And Salat al-Asr comes and he hasn't come back. 
And time is going on and on and on. And he hasn't appointed anybody. He has not appointed somebody. They're expecting him back until finally they're all gathered in the masjid. The asr time is going. What are you going to do? Maghrib is going to come. And so uh, Bilal radiallahu an said, Qum ya Abu Bakr fa'ammin bina. Ya Abu Bakr, oh Abu Bakr, stand up and you lead us in salah. And this shows us that the sahaba understood that the senior amongst them was Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And so Abu Bakr grudgingly stood. And this is the famous incident that when he was standing in the middle of the salah, the Prophet returned. And the sahaba began like murmuring, like, you know, things have big ha- thing happened. What do we do now? It's never happened before that somebody is leading and the Prophet walks in. And Abu Bakr would never turn around. He was a man khushu' in salah. But when there's like murmuring and hustling and whatnot, he literally iltafata, he turned like, what's going on? And it's allowed in an emergency situation to look around. He looked around and he saw the Prophet when he's walking in. Nobody's going to let him pray in the back, right? Every time the Prophet came, the rows split up for him. You understand, obviously, right? Who's going to, yani sakhfurullah, I mean, you're going to open the door, come. So they would motion to him. That's where all the noise is happening. So he turns around, he sees the Prophet and he comes right here. And the Prophet said, Mechanic, stay where you are. I'm going to pray behind you, right? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq says, Alhamdulillah. And then he steps back. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave me this honor. And then he steps back and he insists. The Pro- In a salah, he's not saying anything. And he insists the Prophet uh, you know, uh, uh, come forward. When the, pro- when the prayer finished, by the way, this is not exactly related. When the prayer finished, the Prophet said, Ya Abu Bakr, why didn't you lead? I told you to lead. He said, it is not allowed for the son of Abu Qahafa to lead the Rasulullah in salah. It's not allowed for someone like me to lead the Prophet in salah. So the point being, the one time that he was delayed for the salah, it was more important for him to remain in Quba and to solve the problem than to come back for the right timing, which was an unprecedented affair. And that's why Imam al-Bukhari has in his book, his chapter, the, the chapter of the leader taking a delegation to bring sulh between the people. The leader should be in charge. And throughout the seerah, how many incidents we have of the Prophet himself getting involved, even between two sahaba that they're just having a dispute or having an issue. Uh, multiple, actually, there's at least half a dozen times that in one of the incidents in Sahih Bukhari that Two of the men in the masjid began raising their voice about a debt. He goes, you said you're going to pay me this week. And the man said, well, I don't have, I'm sorry. He said, no, you promised me I need this. And he got, became irritated. The voices are raised. The Prophet is in the house of Aisha. And he hears this. And he lifts up the curtain. And he motions to the one who, whom the debt was owed to. He said, give him. Just give him some extra time. When he, this is a sulah, just give him for the sake of Allah. Just a motion, not even saying something. When the sahabi saw the process and lift the curtain, he said, Ya Rasulullah, the whole debt is a gift to him. Khalas fi sabirillah. You're going to make shafa'a, khalas fi sabirillah. And of course, the famous incident of Barira uh, uh, with her husband, that she was a freed slave. There were two slaves married together. And in that society, these slaves do not have the status of other, you know, this is the reality of the, that time place. They were having a marital dis- now she's walking away from the marriage and the marriage is going to end up. The marriage is going to finish between them. And it's a famous story of Barira and her husband. The Prophet, it was going on for days by the way, and he, he wanted to remain married and for, you know, she had the right for divorce so she got the divorce. So the Prophet said to Barira, Ya Barira, have some pity. He's, she, he was crying for her. He wanted to be there. Have some pity and you know, come back with him. So Barira said, Ya Rasulullah, are you atamuruni? Are you giving me a command? Or is this shafa'a of the one making sulah? 
Are, this is a religious commandment or you're just trying to, you know, make things good? He goes, no, no, this is not a religious command. It's not from Allah. You have to know. I'm just trying to make sulah. And so she said, La hajatari, I have no need for this man. Anyway, that's a separate point altogether. The point is the Prophet getting involved, wanting to try to bring a couple, a husband and wife back together, bringing two Sahaba that were fighting back together. How many times, even when, again, we can go on and on. The point being, the concept of bringing people together is something that is fundamental to the Quran and Sunnah. It is considered to be of the greatest acts of charity. Now, final point here or final uh, aspect what can be done what should be done to bring people together firstly the Quran tells us it's not just a one-man show bring two three four people who know the people that are fighting and have a secret meaning by secret we mean those two shouldn't know about it right and you literally discuss tactics you literally discuss what can we do okay what's the soft spot you know what not and then the second point, and this is where we get very, you know, uh, some people raise their eyebrows. Our Prophet said, three things are not considered lying. Three things are not considered lying. One of them, islah that al-bayn. Okay, now there's a lot of discussion. What does this mean, etc., etc. And frankly, you ask me, and with my humble opinion, our scholars are making that which is self-evident complicated. That which is very clear, they're making it very complicated because everybody knows that you're not supposed to lie. Now, now there's a hadith that says you're allowed to lie in three things. So our scholars kind of had, some of them, they kind of had like, well, how do we reconcile? And it's obvious. Allah says, If you do it for the sake of Allah, then even if you tell an untruth, a blatant untruth, but Allah knows your niyyah. For example, for example, our, some of our scholars have explained very clearly and others were awkward. Uh, again, advanced topic here, but some scholars said, okay, this isn't actually a lie. It's a type of tawriya. And the response is, tawriya is allowed anytime. So why did the Prophet say in three things, a lie is allowed? This means you can state factually something that is untrue. And the best example for this, okay, brothers don't smile here. The other thing you can lie in is marriage, right? To your wife. What does this mean? Okay. Yani, your wife, mashallah, she cooks some food and you say, this is the best food I have had in my entire life. Is that factually correct? Now, in my particular case, it will be factually correct because my wife is the best cook, right? So I'm just saying that for the video recording, no problem. So in my case, it's true. But in your case, let's be honest here. So my point is, this is very clear when you look at the context. You know, you praise your wife, the wife praises the husband. Allah's not gonna give you, take you to Jahannam for romance. You know what I'm saying? This hadith is obvious, that exaggeration and speaking that which is not factual, it's allowed. So, one of the three things is what? Islah that al-bayn. So what can this mean? So, you go to one of the brothers fighting, you know, I was with so-and-so, and he reminisced of the good old days where we're all together. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it's completely no basis. Or maybe he reminisced 10 years ago of something and you're kind of exaggerating. The point is, it's not technically the truth, but your niyyah is what? brings. Did he really mention me? He said that. Then the same thing is put in the ear of the other person. That's why you need the team. That's why you need the three, four, five people to bring the narrative together. And then... Once that happens, 
The third party should facilitate a sit-down. Like our Prophet went to Quba. Sit them down. What's going on? Remind them. As Allah says in the Quran. Remind them to have, you know, bringing peace is best. This is in the Quran. When you have a fight, bringing peace is best. That Allah says, if two Muslim groups are fighting, then bring peace between them. So you remind them of the rights of Allah, you ask them to forgive and then if need be, if one of them really has done zulm and whatnot, then yani some apology, something, you know, other friends say, you know what, Akhay, you did something wrong, just ask for forgiveness or if some money was involved, you know, whatever, try your best. You guys know every situation uh, best. And then obviously, brothers and sisters, lots of dua, lots of love in this regard. Do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will find that subhanallah. You know what it is? Again, this is so true, brothers and sisters, that when our hearts are hurt with a friend, with a relative, ego takes over. Let's be honest here. Ego takes over. And in order to overcome that ego, we need to be placated. We need our egos massaged, right? And that is done by our group of friends and family. Come on, no big deal. For the sake of Allah, just, you know, you just need that push is what I'm saying. You need that gentle push. That's where friends and family come in. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this such a core of our religion. So my humble request to all of you with this, I conclude. What we want to do, especially in our community here and all across the globe, we want to do is to make sure that our hearts are pure and clean. And by the way, that is why Allah has forbidden jealousy and Allah has forbidden ghibah and Allah has forbidden namima because these are what break the ties of friendship. The number one thing that breaks the ties is something you say and then somebody says back to you what he said. So ghibah and namima. And where does ghibah come from? Generally from hasad. So all of these things break the ties of kinship. So my humble request to all of you is to think about your own family and friends, your own circle and say, you know, who amongst those two are no longer close that used to be close and then follow this tactic and you will insha'Allah ta'ala be pleasantly surprised and most importantly we're going to give him a massive reward may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep our hearts pure and keep our hearts united for his sake wazakumullahu khair wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَالْقَانِتِينَ وَالْقَانِتَاتِ وَالصَّادِقِينَ وَالصَّادِقَاتِ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَالصَّابِرَاتِ وَالْخَاشِعِينَ وَالْخَاشِعَاتِ والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما